From the Standing Stone Farm Studio right outside downtown Nashville, it's time for the most ridiculous sports podcast in the world. So sit back, relax, and listen as Bobby Butler and Brandon Bond crack open a cold one and talk all things hockey, pop culture, and complain about everyday situations. It's the Pucks Out Podcast on the Penalty Box Radio Network. Welcome into another episode. I'm Bobby. He's Brandon. Hey, you can find us on the three majors of social media at Pucks Out Pod. Now let's crack open this cold beer and let's get after it. Got some uh, Presidente today. Was it Spanish or Italian? Uh, Dominican Republic. Okay, so Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, my wife and I, we honeymooned in the DR. Only beer on the island. We had to go to. If I wanted any other beer, I had to go to like this, uh, this uh, little weird pub on the resort and pay a shit ton to get anything other than presidente yeah i'm gonna be honest with you it's not a bad beer but i can see why as a company they've probably bribed uh folks to keep other beer off the island uh well, it's, would, it's the local beer they make it there that's what yeah, I, yeah. that's what i'm saying there's been some bribery yeah. uh to be had for sure if this is the only beer that's available to folks it's not bad i mean yeah. you know Switching it up a little bit, you know, just kind of. Yeah, I mean, we're always switching it up. I, you know, I think we've only done the same beer on this pod a couple times, yeah. if that. So uh, we had that stretch of Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Uh, but they're giving that to us. So, <laughs> <laughs> how you been this week, buddy? Good, not bad. Uh, had another wedding on Friday. It was wasn't too too bad. Um, you know, it was a it was a nice ceremony. Had some weather involvement uh, would have been a. Where nice. was it? Well, yeah, because it was pretty rainy at my place on Saturday. Uh, Columbia. Okay. So uh, a little bit, a little bit south. It was kind of rainy, you know, but it never outright poured, which is always nice. Yeah. So the uh, the wife had to go to a wedding on Saturday. I did not join her on this one. I had some stuff I had to take care of. But yeah, they had tornado warnings and had to go into the basement of the uh, reception uh, area. Nice. Did they bring the bar down? Because that's probably the, not. That's the biggest thing. That was the that was one of the bigger problems that was had was they had one of those little. Uh, basically the only drink options were a, his version, a, his version of a drink, a hers version of a drink, and then the hours version, which was beer, but they had to move the little, it was one of those little three wheeled carts. Yeah. And so they had to move it inside. And so the beer was foamy for uh. quite, quite some time. So that was the. I mean, free beer. So, uh, I mean, I guess free, give them a wedding gift and whatnot. But I always try to make sure I drink enough beer to cover the gift, to cover my gift that I've given. Always. So everything you need to know about what's happening on the ice. It's time for news from inside the boards. Lots of free agency and acquisitions to talk later today that we're going to do for the main episode, uh, the main meat of the episode. Uh, but the NHL is eyeing a January 1st start date. So, you know, it'll be good to hopefully get back to normal. But who knows? Yeah. That's right around yeah, the corner. You know, I'm, I'm really thinking, you know, I, I, and I don't know if this is your phrasing or, you know, something you found out and about on articles. and so, But what I've picture when you say eyeing a January 1st start date. I just see I just see all of the NHL executives just sitting in a room with a bunch of calendars and they're all just staring at <laughs> January 1st. They're like, that's looking like a good day. You know, not and they the don't, second, but the first. Right, right. They're like, 
January 1st. I don't know. Hey, Bob, I know you're over there on uh, June. Come take a look at this January date that I'm <laughs> I'm I'm eyeing over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see. I mean, because there was they were already having some some pushback on the uh on the bubble within the season or within the playoffs. So I'm interested to see kind of their their game plan on this. Yeah. You know, that'll it'll be uh be intriguing to see what they I mean, cuz they did such a good job with the playoffs. And I mean, we're seeing the problems and issues that 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 are being created in the NFL right now. It's tough to tough to see, you know, if you're traveling to every stadium, how this is going to be. I don't doable. see it being, you know, anything other than a bubble type thing situation. We, uh, I actually just talked to the rep yesterday, uh, and they're actually giving us a. They're not charging us for November, which I mean, all right. I mean, everyone's acting like that's the greatest gift. Like, wow, thank you so much for not charging me. Why don't you also not charge me last month and December? Oh yeah, uh, that's so nice of you to not charge me for a product I didn't receive. Yeah. I really, really after charging me like the last it. six months full. Price. I really appreciate it. Thank you so <laughs> much. <laughs> you know, but, how do you convey your sarcasm <laughs> enough yeah. over the phone? You but, know. And I kind of because the last time I spoke to uh, some of the rep, I kind of had some questions about what was happening. She was like, well, you know, the NHL should get back to us a couple of days after the cup was awarded and we'll have a plan. She was like, yeah, the NHL, uh, they don't have a plan yet. I'm like, OK, well, wow. OK, OK. okay. So we I mean, when are, when are the fans going to find out? Because I have a feeling it's going to be a situation where we find out like December 20th is when the fans find out what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You said January 1st. January 31st, a holiday. They're probably off the 30th. 29th is sounding like a good date yeah. for, you to, for us to tell you on this in December. Yeah. Hey, you got a game on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but And more than likely, it'll be, oh, yeah, uh, you, fans can't come. I mean, we're still going to charge you, but fans can't come. Just think about all of the wonderful TV watching you're going to get for that expensive yeah. ticket price that you... That you you know what? And I think I'd even be okay with it if just every game night they just shipped us the beer that we were supposed to drink, and then we will really forget that we weren't in your seats at all. Yeah. If you know, I mean, I mean, just send us a keg like three times a week. One keg, one keg per game, and we'll call <laughs> it even, buddy. <laughs> I'll compromise at two kegs a week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we're, we'll max it at two. Yeah. Because I mean, we're going to be floating that second keg. We're good. Yeah. But we had a little bit of help that time we floated the keg, yeah. so. Yeah. But, all right, so let's move into some uh, new other news. Now that you know what's happening inside the boards, time for the rest of the headlines with news from outside the boards. All righty. Uh, the Lakers are the world champions. LeBron wins uh, cha- uh I guess you have it written down. LeBron championships with three teams now, four total. Yep. So uh, I didn't watch any of it, but I didn't watch a lot of a lot of it. I watched some highlights here and there. Um, It's getting harder and harder for us Michael Truthers to, you know, fight the uh, the who's the greatest of all time with uh, you know, I mean, three different teams. Four total championships. I mean, you can, you know, there's one of the arguments that I don't subscribe to is, oh, well, he went to Miami to play with other players. Look, Michael Jordan 
had players brought into him. And if Cleveland yeah. and Dan Gilbert Dan Dan Gilbert wasn't such a horrendous leader, he would have done the same. Uh, and I mean, that's uh, that's when he won the championship in 2016 with Kyrie Irving there. I mean, players win championships with other good players. Yeah. There's there's hardly a this guy was the team, you know, type of deal. Yeah. So maybe Wilt Chamberlain, but that was yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, it was you know, it's it's hard to even compare. Yeah, you know. Him playing, I mean, he was playing guys like us. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we could have been NBA players in the in the uh, back in the heyday. And he was he oh big deal, dude scored a hundred points. Yeah, but it was like a Brandon type player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so congrats. Yeah. Uh, to uh, the, I got to some Lakers. other news on here. Uh, the NFL is going along with local guidelines. The COVID, however, they will allow the Saints to switch which local guidelines they're going to follow. Yeah. So okay. they New Orleans is, is shut down because they have a big spike. So and the Saints want fans in, but uh, the NFL is like, okay, well, I guess you well, have to you have to follow guidelines, but you can go play in follow, Baton Rouge. So they allow them to go play at, at LSU and have fans there. I'm gonna follow Tennessee guidelines. Yeah. What's going on up in Tennessee? <laughs> it seems like they're having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, then they're not following local guidelines. They're following well, non-local I mean, guidelines. Technically, they are following local guidelines if they're not playing in <laughs> New Orleans. So it's only local to where you're playing. I'll be honest. The the entire way the NFL has dealt with this COVID situation has been a mess. What I really dislike is that the like people think that finding a loophole is like just a cure all. They're like, well, they didn't technically break any rules. It's like, okay, you do realize the NFL is not a, a, a court of law. The NFL, if they find that ah, Roger Goodell would tend to disagree. <laughs> but like, in my, like, listen, if I'm the commissioner, if I see a team blatantly find a loophole to go around a rule that we set in place, I'm like, yeah, no, this isn't the. Like, well, the, that's that's the bigger problem is it's that it's contractual. He can't do anything about it because the covid guidelines that are set forth had to be signed off by the players union. So it's well, no, not that, really, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's more than just, oh, they found loophole. It's. Roger Goodell, like you, you have access to probably some of the greatest lawyers in the country and you can't fit. These are well, just easy not, loopholes to get around. Yeah. But see, the thing is like the loopholes don't come into play when you can't get a player to, you know, you get the players union to sign the contract. So, I mean, there is no holes at all. If, if that, that doesn't happen. Um, I am, you know, I mean, and, and this is, and, and this is as much as we put it on the NFL and discuss the NFL's handling of this and the players, the, the players union and the, the owners ownership, the option for a 12 game season was on the yeah. table. And listen, when I say NFL, Double. I'm talking about no, a mess, I, including I gotcha. the players, the coaches, the no, PA. I, and I don't yeah. disagree. Like I get what you're saying, but I mean, contractually, yeah. there's not much you can do. You can't just say, yeah. "Oh, I'm going to throw was, this." The rule. entire situation by from everyone involved was a clusterfuck. <laughs> I mean, it's but no, no two game, uh, no double buys, no twelve game uh, season. There wasn't really anything built in. I mean, with the twelve game season and set up. With double buys built in, you really had a good way to yeah. go about handling this. But 
players didn't want to lose four game checks, I hope that it doesn't mean that they're going to lose eight game checks yeah. because of it. You know, that's going to be the biggest thing. Because if say something happens, say I don't know, some other team that Pittsburgh plays down the road in week fifteen happens. Right. Now, guess what? Those players are going to lose a because they don't. Have, there's not another bye week for them to move a game to. Exactly. The only situation that is plausible and doable is extending out the playoffs uh, about a week and then taking away pro bowl week. And that's really the only extra leeway week that you have. We're going to get into a situation where very soon, because we've already had two game cancellations of four separate teams. Yeah. That's going to provide, I mean, in the way that it's set up, I think that the new England game, is happening this the one that was canceled is coming happening this week. Yeah. And so the team that they were going to play everything gets moved. They get they get the the shaft. And so yeah. it is It almost feels like they're punishing everyone except the team that allowed you know, I guess the investigation is not done yet, but if it comes out that they were following local guidelines, Bobby, <laughs> but if it comes out that any of these teams, whether it's the unless I'm a Patriots fan, if it comes out that the Patriots were not following the guidelines and it comes out that the Titans, they should get they both should be punished equally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean that's I, why I'm saying yeah. you definitely have to. I think we talked about it last week. You definitely got to establish like what's going to happen. Yeah. It can't it, be one of these situations where. A Ben Roethlisberger versus Josh Gordon situation where Josh Gordon gets a year. Ben Roethlisberger gets six games, maybe four if we decide to let him back down yeah. to four. You know, that, that 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 can't happen at all. And I think that there will be a mega pushback by ownership if there is. I think it needs to be yeah. an established. This but it, but is it needs to, what it needs to be a substantial punishment. It, now, obviously, that doesn't mean vacate <clears throat> wins. Yeah, I, I, I think I don't, you need to take some draft picks, possibly. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that at all. It's going to hurt to see. But I think it needs to be, I think, bigger than anything. We don't need to see, and, and I don't. Again, you, because of contract uh, contractual obligations, you don't know what they can do, really. But I mean, we we don't need to see one of these five to fifty thousand dollar fines. Like it needs to be a fine, fine, like a yeah. lot of money, fine. Because I mean, like you said, as ridiculous as it is, there's a high likelihood that local guidelines i mean maybe here in tennessee they weren't but i you know up in massachusetts they're gonna have some pretty strict guidelines on what can happen and so like especially if you're not following what you know you're supposed to follow legally is not being followed i think it's uh i think it's going to be interesting to see and i I, as much as i don't want to say this it's really hard to see how they're gonna get a full 16 game slate in yeah um and just okay so I, a news report just came in from earlier today the nfl is actually considering a postseason bubble uh with yeah all, they i mean if you don't can, do that if you don't do that because i mean you're at risk of extending football and well into april yeah you know well into april if you have to cancel a game and then you gotta give it and seven that's, to fourteen talking days, about, uh, an extra week between each playoff game. So every you get an extra week. So all we're week. already talking about going into April anyway. Yeah, you know. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's got to be necessary, necessary for that to happen. 
Uh, they're looking at uh, Los Angeles and Dallas as the as the hubs. It's very preliminary, but they're looking at Los Angeles and Dallas. Uh, you know, I think they should. I mean, I don't know. I think. I mean, yeah. I don't know what you think about this, Bobby, but I think Tennessee needs to be considered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe Baton Rouge. <laughs> All right, so let's move into the main content for the day. Uh, we got a lot of trades and free agency to talk about. Well, so uh, there's going to be a couple that we talk about, and some we're just going to fly over. We uh, we didn't do every single one, just kind of the ones that stuck out. Uh, so let's start with Kevin Shattenkirk agrees to a three-year contract with the Ducks. Not a bad move by them. Uh, uh, Tyler Pitlick signs two-year contract with the Yotes. We got uh, Craig Smith. Uh, signs three year nine a nine point three million contract with the Bruins, leaving the Preds. He uh he's you know he scored thirty one points uh in sixty nine games with the Preds uh, this past season. He's been with the Preds for I think like fifteen or sixteen years. Like yeah, it's been a while. Um, and I will, and I think that's a solid. I mean, listen, he is not reliable in the playoffs, but Crazy Legs is perennially a good uh, goal scorer in the regular season. Um, I like this pickup by the Bruins. I hate to see him go, but I kind of under I'm not super mad at it. I mean, because he just wasn't performing in the postseason, you know, and it's not just like he didn't perform the last he like five seasons in a row. He did not perform in the postseason. Uh, nine seasons, by the way. Oh, he only was only with the Preds for nine seasons. Yeah, He's only like 31. Yeah. Huh, OK, well, I know that he was the second most tenured guy be- uh, behind Pekka. Yeah, so. that we just had a lot of. A lot of movement. Okay. Um, Still, nine seasons. Of I team, mean, nine yeah. seasons on a team is a is a, a, a large rate. So, yeah, or large. Where was he before scale. the Preds? Oh, he's they always, him? yeah, okay. he's always been in Nashville. So, yeah. and I think this is going to be a great, you know, third or fourth line uh, guy for them, especially since they just released that uh, Marshan and Pasternak will be out a good portion of the beginning of next season. So we'll uh, we'll see what goes on with that. What are your thoughts it, on it? Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 we've talked a little bit about old crazy legs. It, it is sad to see him go. Um, you know, I'm, I definitely appreciate what he's done here in Nashville. Uh, the Bruins was a great landing spot for him, though. Uh, just the way that he operates and the way that he play plays hockey, I think he he will provide a major benefit to the Bruins yeah. organization, uh, like they usually do. They can bring in guys that are maybe not superstars, but can really add to their team. Jake DeBrusque you know the list goes on and on i think he'll be a, a great addition to an already great team and it would be as much as much as it would hurt uh to see you know boston win a win another cup it wouldn't hurt that bad to see craig smith win one yeah i know he's definitely des- he deserves a cup all right so moving on we got brandon montour sign uh to the sabers cody eakin to the sabers jacob markstrom signed six-year contract with the flames he played 200 uh, 229 games with the Nucks. So it's uh yeah. well, I, th- I think that's a good move for him and the team. I I highlighted that one as a good option for us to talk about because I think it saw I mean the way he played this last year really solves a lot of the problems that the Flames had. I almost had them as uh my team that we talked about last week the team with the biggest drop. I almost put the flames. It, it would not have even been in consideration if Markstrom would have already been on the flames because yeah. that was one of my biggest questions was goaltending. Yeah. All right. So we've got Dominic Kubelik uh, 
to the Blackhawks, Malcolm Subban to the Blackhawks, Antoine Cadobin uh, resigns with the Stars, which I, I think that's a great pick. I think that's a great. That was a great move by them. Yeah, um, plus, you gotta love a dude who just downs, you know, like two pounds of crawfish and five beers in like five minutes. I uh, are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, Bobby Ryan uh, with the Red Wings. Uh, I think that's a good pickup. Uh, Nemestikov to the Red Wings. Uh, Kyle Turris agrees to a two-year contract with the Oilers. Man, the Oilers are looking stacked for this next year. Man, they're, they're looking good. I have said. I think we have said that every year <laughs> yeah. for the last 15, <laughs> 20 years. Uh, probably not that long, but it just seems like every year we're saying, "All right, it's the Oilers' year. They're stacked up. They're ready to go." And not that I'm saying that I disagree with you. I'm just saying it feels like we're saying this every year. They reload. Guys don't work on their roster. So, you know, I'm I'm a big Kyle Terrace fan, so yeah. I was sad to see him go. But <clears throat> but I think that he will work on the Oilers. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they get him involved, though, because when we had to move him down to the third line, he's just not a third, fourth line style of center is, yeah. is the problem. And so you – you kind of wonder, are they going to try to get him involved on the second line, maybe running a dry sidle line or something like that? It, it'll be intriguing to see how they can make a lot of these picks fit. And I think the next one that we were going to talk about is Tyson Berry getting signed there. Yeah. Uh, well, before we move on to there, one we forgot to cover earlier, with probably the biggest one. Oh. No. Um, Taylor Hall signs one year, $8 million with the Sabres. Uh, you know, wh- while we're on this, I do want to say that it not just the team, the a player has a choice of where he goes. I see a lot of people on social media and on TV like blasting the Preds and on the radio blasting the Preds like, oh, you guys didn't give him enough. You didn't offer him enough money. We don't know what the Preds offered him. They may not have or they may have. And he doesn't want to come to Nashville. You know, maybe he wants to go play with Jack Eichel. But, you know, a play- he's a big fan of Buffalo. Yeah. And he really likes what Buffalo or he brings just told, to the table. Or he mentioned to his agent that he wants Buffalo Wild Wings and the agent misheard. And next thing you know, he's Buff, got a he's contract with Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's it's a silly, silly thing. And we never know what's in someone's head. It could be just straight up money, but it could be exactly as you said. The dude wants to go play with one of the premier centers in this league. Yeah. Something that and what this also does for Buffalo, it shows Jack Eichel that they are willing to spend yeah, the money to win. Yeah. Jack Eichel was probably getting close to bailing on them. Well, so we, well, I mean, we talked about that uh, as a when we were talking GM grades and whatnot. We said they got to do something or Jack Eichel yeah. is not going to resign there. And why would you? Why yeah. would you without any any real opportunity yeah. to win anything? Yeah. But I mentioned on Twitter, I really hope, and it's, I, it's too early to say that it's happening. I really hope that Taylor Hall does not become David Poyle's new great white buffalo like Matt Duchesne was, where he chases them around every offseason, giving them these big contract sheets, and he declines. And then finally, after in, in three years, after Taylor Hall's career is past his peak, we finally land him for $10 million, and he comes here and underperforms. I, I mean, you know, it, it, it's what a what an absolutely great point that you've made uh, about Matt Duchesne and the, the great white buffalo. Like, that is such a good point because we have been hearing Duchesne's name 
for years now. Yeah. And it's almost like people were not going to be happy until we wasted money to bring him in. I just never got it. I never saw what other people saw in him. And, you know, and I hope it's a situation where this next year he comes out and dominates because I don't want to. I don't. Yeah. It's one of those things I want to be wrong on. You just hope that Taylor Hall is not that guy because it's. it's And I don't think I think he's better. I think he's better than Matt. He is absolute. I would I would be pleased to go get Taylor Hall, but it's not a Taylor Hall or bust in my mind you know and that's what a lot of people think it's like oh we gotta bring taylor hall in because one especially in hockey one guy doesn't win you well you could you could bring ovi into the preds and that doesn't guarantee you anything it didn't having ovi didn't guarantee the caps anything that and the the problem is is that taylor hall has had opportunities to win in the playoff. Like we could all agree. And I would imagine any Preds fan would agree with me. The ultimate goal is winning that Stanley cup. Yeah. Right. Not that I am. I don't want to make it seem like I'm sitting here saying Taylor Hall is not a great hockey player. That would be a great addition to a team and will probably win a cup at some point or could possibly win a cup at some point. But He's had opportunities to win cups. Yeah. He that he is not shown out on. He had a, an amazing season and won a heart trophy. And nothing ever really materialized for him. So you, you just really hope that I mean, and I won't feel bad if he goes and wins a cup in Buffalo with Jack Eichel. Two, I, honestly, two I, would, deserving, I would love to see Buffalo win a cup. I think that'd be great for hockey. Two deserving guys to, to win a cup. But we can't sit here and say, until you prove me wrong, J- Taylor Hall isn't that missing ingredient yeah. to win a Stanley Cup at this point in time. Yeah. he. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd have to go look at the records. I don't think he, in his entire career, he's been on a winning team yet. Has he? Uh, well, I mean, he they went to the playoffs the year he won the Hart Trophy. De- uh, the Devils did, correct? Devils, yes. Did they, and were they a wild card or were they a were they full that I, That I don't remember, but I mean, I think he's been, I mean, the But uh, that, was probably the the most, that was probably the winningest team that he was on. Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think that they were a wild card, but I yeah, I'm not speak. sure. I'm yeah. not going to speak to it But overall, you know, his whole tenure at the Devils, it wasn't a great team. I think that was a sure. spark. Sure. Yeah. But um, well, now we got his coach. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. All right. So before we move on, uh, you know, some uh, some non accusations. Austin Watson out as a pred. Uh, we don't have it here on the dock. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Because I am so ecstatically happy that Austin Watson is gone. Like. Listen, if the Preds did nothing else, if they just sat on their hands and nothing else, I'm not mad at the offseason. Like, it's not great, but I'm not mad at the fact that we just got rid of Austin Watson, which I've been I've I've disliked him as a player and as a person for, what, two or three seasons now. Yeah, it, 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 I don't think I necessarily landed in the same zone as you did. Uh, I feel like we. A lot of people hyped him up too much. I I think that the issues that he had a few seasons ago were enough to us just part ways. Now, what came into the fold through that process was some alcoholism problems and issues. And so I'm not necessarily that guy that says toss that guy out. And no, I'm not saying toss him out. Robin Leonard's a great story. But it's the other issues that he has. Sure, sure. But it's also right. the fact that, listen, 
Robin Leonard is also a good hockey player. Austin Watson, not a good hockey player. He was a role player for sure. I but wouldn't he was, even say he, a role player. Dude. Like he, 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 he put, was a, he well, was a goon he, straight up. He, well, he got he got pushed into this goon role. Austin Watson is not by any stretch of the yeah, imagination. He's a bad goon. Right. That will see. That's that's just what we pushed on him because he was the dude that fought. And yeah. so, being so but here's my thing though. If you're the guy, obviously, I, I don't think he was forced to fight. I think that that's who. No, I think in the I NHL mean, he was a fighter. Yeah. And in the, he realized in the NHL he can't stand up to the big guys. He can't. He's never surpassed 20 goals in his entire career he looks like a like a paralyzed deer on the ice where he can he can barely stay on his skates i mean i think overall he barely belongs in the ahl as a player well i just think that it, it was just one of those things that he never transitioned into his play style in yeah. the nhl and here's he the thing always it, thought he if was he was perennially so. a you know a scratched player or a very rarely fourth line player okay but multiple times the Preds would put him on like the second line and the fans would treat him like he's the same level as like Kyle Turris or Ryan Johansson. He's not. And so I think that's my biggest issue is that, you know, the fans thought that he was some kind of, you know, a uh, profit for the Preds. And so yeah, well, it was one of those young guys that came in and were drafted and you kind of attach yourself yeah. to, you know, and I think uh, a lot of people, especially the Preds fans, they blindly like gritty players, players that, you know, aren't afraid to drop the gloves, but then they don't realize. And I think that has to do with the like the not not even not the youth, but the newness of a lot of our fans is that they don't realize that just because you drop the gloves is not a good thing. If, right. if we're in the if we're in the third period and we're down by one, you don't want a guy dropping the gloves and going to the, 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 the bin. Well, they both go. Yeah. I mean, and then it's still. But if you're trying to. Five, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm saying, you know what I mean, though? Like yeah, we need to play sure. at times when we need to play disciplined is when is not the time. And he he all because the problem is it'd be one thing if he won fights, if he won fights and got our team hyped up, usually his fights end with the other team getting more hyped up because they just saw someone knock the crap out of him. But, right. All right. Uh, we'll move on from that. Uh, we got uh, Tyson Berry. Uh, one year for the Oilers. Yeah, uh, that was one that I I kind of highlighted as well. Uh, I think he's going to be a great addition. I would imagine p- playing first pair with Darnell Nurse if I had to. Uh, if I had to guess, I mean, like you said, every year well, I said this, but but you brought up the Oilers and looking stack every year they look like. That's the right move. They make it. They're making the right move here, and it just, you know, it's it, it's just we don't know yet. We don't know yet, but it, it looks like a really good signing by the Oilers. What does his playoffs history look like? I mean, his playoff career is not great. If I have, if I remember correctly, he played a long time on on bad Colorado teams, though. So that's not really fair for us to to use that against him. But I mean. Played with the played with the Leafs this year, so did really anybody do well yeah. <laughs> and score points for the for the Leafs? So very true. Uh, let's see, career playoff games. He has about twenty one or twenty six games played, a goal, thirteen assists, uh, six power play goals in that time, uh, fifty three shots, and shot percentage is 1.9 so not a great playoff career if we're being honest yeah uh we're talking about a career 6.5% shooter uh and you know he's played 80 games in his career so not a ton of hockey played if we're also be- also being honest but uh but 346 points in that time so he hasn't played in the playoffs 
like it seems like he should. But um, but I mean, he's still young, man. I'm well. No, he's not. I mean, he's my age, I guess. <laughs> he's a little. He's like a like twenty days younger than me, so he's twenty nine. But I mean, only eighty games played in his career. You think he'd still have some, you know, some gas in the tank? Yeah. So it will be interesting to see what he can do. In Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, Tyler DeFoley agrees to four year uh, contract with the Habs. Josh Anderson is going to the Habs. Uh, Mark Borowiecki? Borowiecki? Mark, yeah, I guess. Borowiecki? Mark Borowiecki signs two year contract with the Preds. Nick Cousins, a uh, a bruiser, I believe, signs two year contract with the Preds. Matt Benning signs contract with the Preds. And I believe they actually signed a goalie today. Um, Capasio or something from the from the Leafs. Uh, he was an AHL All Star. They signed him today. <clears throat> and Matt Benning signs with the Preds. Corey Crawford to the Devils. That's a, you know, he's he was with the uh, with the Blackhawks for a long time. Uh, then we've got Matt Murray signs a four year, twenty five million dollar contract uh, with the Sens. Man, a lot of big pickups for these Canadian teams. Yeah, it's Canada's going for it. They're yeah. sick and tired of uh, of America holding the cup. So I'm surprised at this point they haven't just designated one team and they've all given their players to one team and say, hey, go win it for the country. I am most intrigued by Matt Murray to the Senators. Uh, I had highlighted that or not most intrigued, but I'm intrigued by it. Was that a deal? Was he traded to the Senators? Um, Acquired in a trade with Pittsburgh on Wednesday, became restricted. He was a uh, RFA on Friday. Okay. So, so that makes a little bit more sense. This also tells you a lot about the confidence Pittsburgh has in Jari. Yeah, that is, that is pretty intriguing to me that uh, they would be willing to part with Matt Murray, but it's always been a love hate relationship with Matt Murray and Pittsburgh. So, uh, Brayden Holtby going to the Canucks. That is it. That is it. Very telling on both sides. Uh, The Canucks kind of replacing Markstrom there. That was a good signing by them. That, again, kind of mirroring your point um, about Jari, that really shows the Caps' belief in Samsonov there, uh, that youthful goalie they have as a potential option. And, I mean, it's one of those situations where you can't keep Braden Holtby around and have your fans begging to play Samson off uh, in playoff situations. So a lot of goalie flips this year. Yeah. And that leads us to into our last one of the day. We've got the King Lundqvist signs one year, one and a half million dollar contract with the caps. I assume he's going to be backing off Samson off back there, but also have a lot of veteran presence to kind of teach them some things and someone they can lean on in case, you know, shit goes South 38 year old, uh, he was UFA with, uh, with the Rangers. I, I mean, he spent well. How long was he with the Rangers for? Probably a decade, twenty Wouldn't plus that? years, man. Jesus, um, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so he was selected by the Rangers in 2000. Uh, he was, didn't actually play uh, officially for them until 2005, 2006 okay. season. So, so he is sixth in uh, NHL mean, history in wins, seventh in saves, eighth in games, ninth in starts, ninth in time on ice, and sixteenth in shutouts. So the future Hall of Famer is heading to Washington. Uh, I mean, what a what a storied career he he had. 
Um, I has has Dude's sorry, still playing. <laughs> sorry, uh, you, you're right. Uh, let's see. I mean, I hope he's still got you know good amount of gas in the tank. And well, his flow is still looking amazing. Yeah, dude. dude. That's the thing. That's the thing that we're not even talking about. The dude's 38, and he's got a better flow than nearly anyone I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> so, but, all right. So that about wraps up the acquisitions. I'm sure there'll be more we can talk about next week because uh, I know there's a hell of a lot more we could have talked about. Uh, so let's move into the joke of the week. The weird. Corey Perry. Yeah, I don't like that. Sound. Wild. I think that I think the first read was a good one. Now, now I'm overthinking it. Outlandish. Each sixth chick sat on a stick. A little tongue twister. And downright dumb. You're kidding me. It's time for the joke of the week. This one's hilarious, dude. I called <laughs> you when I found this one. It was so wild. So the White House has a raccoon infestation and they are starting to attack journalists. <laughs> And uh, CNN Joe Johns uh, went viral uh, while he was doing a live report on the grounds of the White House. A raccoon came up behind him and he throws what looks like a box or like a bag. I think it's like a full bag, dude. Just throws it at him. And they say growls. He like that was like a roar. Right. He was just mad, dude. Uh, <laughs> you can tell this is like he's dealing with this on like a regular basis. Like this is a thing that, that he has to deal with. Um, <laughs> this is you know just the uh, it's so 2020 for there to yeah. be a raccoon infestation on what is probably the most heavily secured and guarded to place be, in the world. To be fair, though, the Secret Service requirements is only to protect the president. Yeah. They are not in any way animal control. So I mean, they're just yeah. like, hey, bro. I like to think that some Secret Service members saw them and was like. Ooh, that's not, we do not in the job description. Somebody's like, someone get the manual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I would like, I would just like to think that like the secret services are feeding them and befriending yeah. them <laughs> to attack people. My <laughs> the crazy thing is that there were like, uh, like rooms in the white house basement that aren't used that are just now becoming like dens for the raccoons. Yeah. That's, I mean, like to me, that almost seems like, like, uh, that seems like an issue. Yeah. Like, they, there was at one point when he, and I mean, dude was super professional with it. Yeah. He actually really killed it because he f- was battling a raccoon. <laughs> a trash panda. A trash panda, if you will. He was battling one, throwing again his bag or, or something of the like and roaring at them. And then dude just like goes from like raccoon battling to boom, just b- right back into the into the game. Yeah. And then he gets attacked by a, uh, another raccoon and the quote, I'll, just, I'll he play like, it real quick because it was on Twitter so I'm sure I'll just play the clip real quick get there he is <laughs> ah! <laughs> now no events on the president's schedule just boom the right back into it all right, all right, here comes attack two. Freaking raccoons, man. <laughs> Again, this is the second time. Jesus. <laughs> I get the first not working. Right? <laughs> so we can imagine, we can imagine that this dude, you know, he went to, probably went to like a pretty high class journalism school, you know, he went his whole career. He's reporting on the White House grounds. 
I'll bet you if you gave him a million opportunities to guess the craziest thing that would happen to him as a journalist, getting attacked by a raccoon was would not have even topped the list, dude. What yeah. a what so a joke. Like, I would not. I don't think I would have dealt with it as calmly no, as he did, dude. No, bro. We can barely we can barely handle you know not being able to open the beer or something, bro. <laughs> like this dude went straight up from a raccoon battle to just right back into yeah. his job, like no problem. Like, bro, I'm calling out for the day, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm. That's a workplace. OSHA's gonna hear from me. I don't get even. I don't. You know, we don't get paid for doing this podcast. If there was a a raccoon outside of the window of our recording, (laughs) I'd be done for the day, Bobby. I would be out. And I do this for fun and pleasure. Okay, what a joke, man. And, you know, the uh, there's a famous quote. The raccoon problem is under control. They have their part of the town. We have ours from Leslie Nope. Leslie Nope. It's hard to go wrong with the good Leslie Nope quote. And we don't get enough opportunities to throw one in. So. What a joke. Um, but all right, so let's move into some pop culture. We're, we're discussing the uh, ma- the original Matrix today. Um, so here's the thing. I wa- You told me that you just thought it was meh, and I kind of agreed. I watched it again yesterday. It's probably the first time I've seen it in six, seven years, maybe. Honestly, not not bad. I definitely think that it was it was better when it came out, because it was like came out in 1999. Sure. Even though, like, not just because I was a kid, but I think now I, I understand it a bit more, and it's like the times have changed. Well, I feel like that was even the problem. I found myself thinking that I thought I thought it was better yeah. going in. It is truly an issue of the times, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're so much further advanced in technology that it just seems... Yeah, my biggest issue with the movie and listen, I like the Matrix is that there was there they throw so much at you Mm -hmm. that they need they would have needed like a and I usually hate exposition dumps. They would have needed a bigger exposition dump than just like a very quick sentence of of Morpheus saying, yeah, we built these machines. They took over and we blocked out the sun. And it's like, listen, I'm not gonna lie. I've watched it so many times. That's the first time I actually like I was able to absorb all the info. Get it? It was because usually it's like usually I'm watching. I'm like, oh, this is a cool action movie. I have no idea what they're doing or why they're doing it. I don't know. I know that they're in a simulation, but like I never understood. Oh, it was the humans that blocked out the sun to you know because they thought they were solar powered. Uh, you know, spoiler alert. You've had time. Um, so twenty years. You're good. I mean, that's really not on us. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Besides the fact that we've skipped our discussion on it for like three weeks. So if you're a listener of us, you knew it was coming. Yeah. Um. But overall, I mean, listen, Keanu Reeves kills it. Uh, the action scenes are so dope, dude. The and fight scene, like the fight scene in the uh, subway between him and Agent Smith, is still one of the coolest fight scenes that you know in, in cinema. I believe. You know, I'm personally, you know me, I'm just not a huge action movie guy. Yeah. As is, I like to look for a deeper meaning, and you know, as dumb as I am, sometimes I'm able to find it. Well, there was a time am, when people thought The Matrix was like the deepest movie. Looking right. back now, it's like, huh. Yeah, it's like, okay, you kind of hit it. But like 1984 is a deeper sell of yeah. like and more accurate of the world today <laughs> than it is yeah. than, than The Matrix was. I just am not a huge action movie guy. I found myself thinking, wow, this movie is incredibly incredibly slow like they're trying to give me information 
but it's just not landing. Like there was not enough action yeah. to be covered by the story itself. And I think what happened is my brain over the years has told me the Matrix is better than it was. Yeah. Well, sure. Because sure. it's like the Matrix. Well, and, and that was also the from pro- the uh, Wachowski at the time brothers, but the Wachowski sisters. But I mean. I watched it and like, listen, I still enjoyed it. It's still a great action flick. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. If we're being honest, it is a not recommended by me. I mean, I just I just could not get into it. There were so many questions I had, like the stupidity of them. You know, the final scene where they go to save Morpheus. You guys are dope out of this world. Understand the physics of this world beings. Why'd you go through the metal detector instead of just coming in blowing folk up? You know what I'm saying? Like they were just so. I mean, much. they they was, it Man, was who lead? Look, who leaves Ralph Cifaretto <laughs> alone, dude? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Ralph, dude, dude Soul Patch was questionable without was, everything else. Right? It was already like when dude started growing the Soul Patch. Like I think I'd have been this like, guy's a bad guy, right? Like <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it just seems like this is so technologically and i'm putting this in air quote advanced that it just seems like you didn't want your whole plan hinging on landlines like you had cell phones it was clear you could call like you figured out a way to put yourself in this simulation but the only exit from the whole thing was through landlines like i'm just like i understand that because it's a direct line. There's no, it's not putting it out there. Yeah, it's but it wasn't pinging. every phone. It wasn't like, hey, there's a phone in there. It was like, oh, th- this was. Yeah, I know. think it had to be a phone that like a program or like a person couldn't see. Otherwise, they like, just like they saw the homeless man saw them use that phone. Now sure. it was. But again, they, again, you know, that point makes sense, except for the fact that if the whole thing is the simulation, then can't they see everything? Like, are they just, all right, we simulate everything on the outside, but. But it's up to the people to get a landline phone yeah. in there. And I guess, like, listen, there was definitely some weird questions. And maybe I, someone can tell us, <laughs> why did they, why did they go back into the Matrix? Yeah, I was like, not, that was my question. Like, I get they, I guess they go see the Oracle, like, but why didn't the Oracle just come out? It seems like dismantling, you know, like working to dismantle some of the machinery would have worked better. Yeah. You know, like there was just a lot which they eventually get to in the third one. They, I think they realize, oh, we have to go and actually destroy these things and not just keep destroying a program that they write. Right. You're just like, yeah, so what? You know, Keanu Reeves killed one of the agents. Like, wow, that's super awesome. I mean, apparently, because nobody's ever been able to do it. But again, they can just reprogram these guys and he's back. Yeah. I do <laughs> like the final fight scene where like sure. he, come, he comes back and he's like realizes he's the one and he's just one hand fighting him. And yeah, he, yeah, I didn't hate any of the fight scenes. And like arguably my best memory of the Matrix was actually the PlayStation 2 game. The Matrix. Yeah. See, that was fun. Like I guess it, it was also a difficult game. It was very difficult. There was know? one scene where like they didn't tell you how to jump through some window in a back room. And I'm like, where the hell am I supposed to go? And like, you right. have to, yeah. And but. I can't wait for this one scene. I think in number two, which is so utterly ridiculous. I, 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 I want you to watch it. And if it's in that one, I want you to, I want to see if you recognize how fucking ridiculous this scene is. Yeah. I, uh, I will tell you after rewatching one, I was hoping that it would get me 
jazzed for two and three, and oh, it is dude. actually done the opposite. Yeah, for and me. the crazy thing is, number one's the best of the three. So really, buckle so up. you've chosen this series that I had no interest in watching, and you're not even a fan of two and three. I'm a fan. I'm just telling you, they're not as good. Yeah, well, see, that one wasn't good. <laughs> one wasn't good. So, like, now I've already. So now I can't even believe you told me that because now I got now they got now I got four and a half hours worth of film to watch, and I don't even want to watch. I didn't barely even want to watch the first two hours. I mean, you may end up liking them. I mean, I doubt it. Maybe but we'll maybe, see. Maybe no, but it, you know, it's like you said, it wasn't bad. It just uh, it it's just a issue of of the time yeah. that we're now in, and I. Think think that i think a lot of people remember it better than it was because it's you know two directed by two gr- amazing directors they'd also did v for vendetta you know never they, seen it oh, oh that, okay we're gonna do that one next bobby no you don't get to pick the next one I'm you've you, already v, locked v, me into I three mean, v for vendetta is my favorite movie in the world that is not <laughs> a selling point to me bobby that is honestly if we're being honest that's the opposite of a selling point. <laughs> you have just sold me that V for Vendetta is a garbage movie. <laughs> All right. So we will be doing, uh, I, I think the next one's either Revolution or I don't know which one. Well, what is the next one? It's a Matrix movie. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, I think it's Revolutions. Matrix. Yeah, the Matrix Reloaded. Sorry, Revolution is number three. So it's the Matrix Reloaded, which I will say, dumb name for a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You should have loaded up the first one. Is what I, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say on it. Uh, all right. So uh, time to move into what are you binging? Yeah, I think we both did the Matrix. Yep. So just did the Matrix because you, because technically I'm binging the wire. And yeah. I mean, I'll be wired up for a couple weeks. Uh, you don't have a binging yeah, I drink. Yeah, down, but you know, just uh, you know, I've been trying to diet a little bit, doing some Mick Ultra. Okay. Um, uh, okay. might eventually get some Bush Light now that I know that's the same calories as Mick Ultra, which is wild. Yeah, most to me. light beers are only five to ten. I mean, Miller Light is like ten. Well, more I know calories. that. Well, it has the same carbs count. That's the biggest thing. Bud Light's the same calories, I but has more carbs than Mick Ultra. I want to say Miller Light is low carb. I, again, yeah. I don't know. We my binging. I don't have a specific drink. Uh, old Sass and Sarah were over this weekend after the wedding and we power houred. Uh, and you know what? They're, they're keto ink. And I know he listens to the podcast. So I was crap talking it all weekend. I also want to crap talk it now. So later on he thinks, oh, I'm finally done <laughs> with Brandon. You know, I did, shit I did keto me. last year. I mean, I know. Yeah. And it is so stupid. I'm telling you that I'm telling Sass that. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's healthy so at thing. all. Yeah, no, it, I don't believe it is. I've lost double the amount of weight and half the amount of time doing intermittent fasting than I did on keto. When it just seems like even if you do lose weight doing it, like you're never going to be able to keep that weight off if you ever change anything. Get, the moment you start eating carbs again, it just comes right back on. Yeah, it just seems like carbs are very important. Yes. You know, that's why intermittent fasting, it's like, it's like it, I mean, if you're going to diet, not eating is the is just the easiest way. You don't but, have to like look at special menus. It's like I'm just not going to eat. Right but now. I'm really excited for them to hear this because I was giving them so much, <laughs> so much junk. We, they had so to power hour with seltzer. Yeah. They had to power hour with seltzers. And I. Yikes. Yeah, I was. I mean, seltzers are garbage anyway. So, yeah, I've yet to find a seltzer that I like. Yeah, I mean. It's water, dude. It's flavored water. Yeah. Now, this one has alcohol in it. Like, big deal, dude. Do you have, like, 
just, a needle just, so I can just inject yeah. the alcohol. Like, just go drink a gin and gin and tonic, and it's the same thing. That's but what better. I'm saying, dude. Look, I'd have power hour with gin and tonic over seltzers, dude. No question. Steph would have been pretty upset if you'd done that. You would have been sloppy. I live my life the way <laughs> I want to live it, bro. <laughs> Bobby and Brandon are about to find out exactly what snaps their sticks. All right, dude. I'm pretty heated about this one. This sounds like a personal you're heated. This is not about fantasy. I want to be very clear. You're such a liar. It is partially about fantasy. <laughs> but l- let me explain. Sean Payton sitting Michael Thomas for getting in a fight with a teammate at practice. Yes, I have two leagues where I have Michael Thomas. Oh, but not about that. that works. There was also two other leagues this week where I was would have played against Michael Thomas. Um, but pretty much here's the situation. I do not believe that. It's a good practice to suspend a player for something that's not a big deal. It's not like he broke the law. It's not like he was in a domestic dispute situation. It's not like it was drugs. It was two dudes. Get. It's not like he went up behind a teammate and just beat the shit out of him. It was a fight because they got heated at practice. It happens. They're adults. Yeah, I I disagree with that. I it, think that he, any well, other job on earth, any other job on earth, these, this is their job now. We're yeah. not talking about a college student playing football. This is their job. So you get in a fight at work. You don't get to let's, you, let's you get not suspended. act like NF, playing for an NFL team is the same as going to a nine to five. It's straight not because I'm, here's the thing. Don't I never said it was, well, but it is your job. Yes, and it you is are their job. Professional. But here's my thing, though. Say they didn't say they lost last night in overtime. Do you not think that having probably what is the most explosive receiver in the game could have won you that game? So when the Saints are already struggling. So, Sean Payton, like his job depends on winning. I think there, the, are, other, those there, are, there are other punishments than sitting them John, for a game. Sean Payton's job doesn't doesn't hinge on him winning a football game. One football game. Sean Payton has gotten to where he is today because his players respect him and his ownership respects him. That means that if it's Sean Payton's rule that you get in a fight at practice, you get suspended. I think it's I think it makes people respect him more that look, it doesn't matter what receiver you are. It doesn't matter who you are. You come in you come into work and you get in a fight with your coworker. You don't get to play football. Honestly, listen, I it's I'm not saying he should give Michael Thomas special treatment. That's not what I'm saying. I think the rule if he if that's his rule, it's a dumb rule. Yeah, because I disagree. You, with you say that. every week that you know we hear every week that these coaches as the only thing that matters is winning Super Bowl. The only thing that matters is winning. Well, clearly. I don't believe that's the case. When you're our struggling team, you you find other punishments for them. You make them run. No, I mean, I you disagree. Find them. I just dis, I disagree completely. If you because what happens is let's let, let's say he doesn't he lets him play, then what you've said is it's cool for us to go in and unprofessionally practice because boss wants to win games more than he does to have, want me to be on the field. I wholeheartedly disagree that I mean if that's it, a that's if it becomes an issue what's well, bad for morale dude fighting with your fighting with your coworker if you've ever been in a setting where two coworkers are fighting that's bad overall for everyone it's hard to and again I will concede that being on the NFL field it's a little different but it's re- but ultimately for our purposes of the the discussion it ain't different. I think to it, fight with somebody, fight with your coworker. I think at a job. that when you're in an atmosphere where it's a 
more than just competitive. It is you're you're physically combating with these people, you know, probably for an hour and a half. Yeah, tempers are going to get hot. Now, obviously, if it becomes an issue, if it if this is now, I don't know all the issues, but if this is maybe if say this was the fourth time they've had this and then shot pain, fine. I'm wrong. Yes, if if it's an issue, you, I, do, you, I don't think it's if Michael Thomas swings at a guy on the field. How are they going to give him four four opportunities? Or are they going to toss him out? Yeah. Well, I would hope that th- there's a big difference between practice and a game. Yeah, but is there though? Yes. Well, yeah, in terms of like us as sports fans, but as this is your job, and there is not, uh, I there is not differences. Uh, Allen Iverson would think that there is. Allen <laughs> Iverson would absolutely think that there was. Allen Iverson never won a championship, and therefore I don't practice, listen man. to him. No, I hear what you're saying. Like, yes, technically it's different, but in the in the world of like work, like you want to get, we want we sit here and talk about these guys getting lots of money. You want to get paid millions of dollars, then deserve your millions of dollars. I have no problem with them if if they do, if they say, "Hey, you're, you you don't get a game check this week. You're you're giving your game check away." But you can't make him play and no, not no, get a game no, check. No, then that that's the player's choice. Then the, then the player can make a decision. Fine, I no. won't play. I mean, there's other ways that's of punishing dumb. them. Fine, no, them. no, you can't. Again, that would be against complete labor laws Fine. in America. <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm just spitting again ideas because here. this is. I know, but that's a. But what I'm saying is, like, there are other this punishments. Is a job. Sure, there's other punishments, but if you, as an established coach, have said something, so you're saying you're a Super Bowl winning coach, and you've said, and it's known that your rules are: you fight on my practice field, you don't play the next game. You're okay with making yourself look like a complete jackass and letting Michael Thomas play because it's Michael Thomas. No, because I literally said that. I literally the first thing I said was, "If that's his rule, fine." But I think it's a stupid rule, and honestly, I lose a little bit of respect for Sean Payton if that's his overall flat rule for. And no matter what, when this is about winning, so so you're professionalism. Not, it's not like this is, if it's like, this is not high school, this is not college where you're there to teach these men to become better men. You're yeah, there I think for it makes very simply like, one reason of winning mm, and, and, and bringing I trophies to that organization. I disagree. I think that it's about how your players respect you. And if I'm sitting there and two coworkers get into a big fight, I mean, I don't want those coworkers. I don't know about you. I mean, we know that, like, we know that there are coaches who don't have that rule and they still have respect of their teammates. We know that Bill Belichick doesn't have that rule. We've seen footage of his players getting in fist fights. He deals with it. At, he calls him off and he deals with it in, in his own Belichick way, but they play. I assume that he has the respect of his players. I mean, we know uh, what's his name? The former <laughs> Packers uh, coach went under when Brett Favre, what are the, the big guy, whatever his name was. Are you talking about Mike McCarthy? Yeah, Mike McCarthy had. had res- so you're talking about the 0-5 Dallas Cowboy maybe, coach, uh, Mike may, McCarthy. Maybe before Mike McCarthy, under Brett Favre, when they were uh, in like the late I 90s. Think it was Mike McCarthy, duh. Okay, well, I understand Mike McCarthy later in his career, but there are other coaches. Andy Reid, we've seen video of Tyreek Hill getting into in altercations. Now, yeah, with his kid. Okay, yes. I'm, so go, I'm, you, not, I'm not talking about that specific ah, altercation. But you brought it up. Though. I'm talking about there was you video. You brought up Tyreek Hill. There was video of... of Chiefs players under his reign getting in altercations. Now, like I said, if this is a special thing, if this is the fourth time Michael Thomas and this guy have gotten into it, or if this is the fourth time Michael Thomas and anybody's gotten in, then you're fine. But that's a special, but there are other coaches who don't have that flat rule and they still have respect. Now, I mean, I understand. Yeah, but they brought most of them don't have Super Bowls, though. So, you know, I mean, like that's where we, goes know, we know Belichick does. Andy Reid does now. Yeah, I but mean, have you ever looked? Have you ever 
dealt with, talked about Bill Belichick and be like, that's a respectful guy that doesn't care. I mean, we're talking about a known four to five time cheater. So I'm not really like looking at Belichick as a respectful person. So in then this what league. we're saying is that we've proven that you don't have to just have respect if your players win Super Bowls then. No, I'm not saying that at all. It also helps if you have a dominant quarterback to help you win them. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, how I get did he win a Super Bowl with Matt Moore, Jimmy Garoppolo? No, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> okay, Jared but, Stidham. So what you about, stop me when he's won a Super Bowl right, with so any of these other guys? But I'm just saying, what about then in Philly, where he had he won it with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles? But yeah, he we know that altercations he didn't win it. Uh, Belichick. No, I'm not talking. I'm, I'm talking about a different team now. I'm talking about whatever. What, what's his name in Philly? We know altercations have happened at those, and he doesn't suspend them. Well, it's Philly, so <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that. That's yeah, a, that city that's would a probably state law. That's yeah. a state law. Yeah. <laughs> in Philly, you could probably go to any nine to five and get in a fight. And you're they, required yeah. to fight. It's actually a part of the job. It's not a casual Friday. It's so Coliseum hear, Friday. While I hear what you're saying, I would like to respectfully disagree. And that's fine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously. You know, I mean, I would like to respectfully disagree. More of a Sean Payton type respect and not a Bill Belichick type <laughs> respect. Uh, <laughs> well, we are being recorded right now, so we are pretty recorded. close to Bill oh, Belichick. Oh, yeah, I, I just don't think yeah, I just don't think it's that big of a deal that they got into a fight. <laughs> um, okay, so mine. I know that we've probably talked about it, but I don't know that we've ever I've ever actually used it as a complaint sellouts and again we're not on video so you can't see my air quotes sellout crowds that are clearly not sold out you mean that all the tickets were sold this is not a sellout crowd when we have waves of spaces in between folks that it's very clear that it's not sold out this isn't a full stadium this is just we sold all the tickets last year when we sold when we sold season ticket passes so that just wears me out. Like, oh, got a sellout crowd here. It's like, Bob, there's 30 P, there's like a big space of tickets and seats right behind them that are not filled. So snapping my stick when you're telling me it's a sellout when really what you mean is that all the tickets were sold. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So my <laughs> last one is people liking a show or movie simply because maybe everyone else they know likes it or. The, the the prequel or the original was good. And I'm speaking, and I guess this could also go for The Matrix. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, I was like, but, I love The Matrix because Keanu Reeves was But in I'm it. speaking mainly about uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor, which was a pile of hot garbage, um, whereas The Haunting of Hill House was a decent show. I'm unfamiliar uh, uh, with both it, of the those. The Haunting series, it's a Netflix original series. Uh, it's like a horror thriller series. Uh, but yeah, the, um, the second season... It's an anthology. Uh, the second season was horrible, but everyone is like, oh, my God, it's so good. No, no, it's not. It's really not good. The first season was so good, just like American Horror Story. American Horror Story, the first season was dope. Murder House was good. Everything else after that has been hot garbage, but it, people still watch it. And, and I still watch it. Hell, expecting I, them to finally get back to the core. Can I get can I get into something that is kind of on topic, but completely off topic? What is the. What is the thought process behind wanting to watch like a horror show like that again i say this because i just don't get it yeah I, in my free time i why would i want to be scared it seems like scared is the ultimate goal of the show so if you are scared you've just 
sat and got scared. And if you're not scared, then the show isn't good. So yeah. or movie. I, I'm no more just wondering. Again, it's a very popular yeah, I, genre. I, I do not like watching them. I watch them because my wife enjoys them. Yeah, she likes so, she likes being scared a little bit. Sure. I watch them and usually I'm on my phone. I'm not a and I, I no, usually no, watch it, horror movies I, to I, I, find I'm the not, flaws in them. I am absolutely <clears throat> not coming at anybody yeah. and saying, Oh, your your taste in shows is garbage. It's more of a, I don't get it. Like the ultimate goal, like if you've achieved your goal, then I'm scared. And if you have not, then I've just wasted my time. So it just seems like an interesting, no, an interesting like for people is more what I'm saying. I just don't get it. And I would like it to be explained to me. Like I've never had somebody that answered the question and was able to give me something that satisfied my actual thirst for the knowledge yeah. so ask sure. Meg ask me yeah. I'll ask her the group that hates the participation trophy the most is also the group that invented the participation trophy I don't get it I don't get it I've never once asked for a participation trophy I've gotten plenty in my life right but like when I was in t-ball and they decided that I had to get a trophy for being a part of the league it turns out that the league itself didn't ask me if I thought we should get a participation trophy. The yeah. participation trophy was created by millennials' parents, and they seem to be the one that hates it the most. You know, I was like, oh, well, you know, oh, well, when all the participation trophy kids grow up, this is what you get. It's like, you started that. Like, again, there was never a T-baller yeah. that was like, look, guys, we really got to make make everyone feel like they've, you know, earned something. And <laughs> it just blows my mind that the creator is like, gotcha. <laughs> like, I, yeah, nobody is displaying their participation trophies everywhere. It made you feel good that your kid finally got a trophy yeah. and now I'm the asshole for having it. Like, yeah. you could throw it away. I would have never known. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Pucks Out Podcast. To see what other ridiculousness the guys are up to, check them out on Twitter and Instagram at Pucks Out Pod. 